0: This is episode 197 of How About That Cigar, recorded live at the Corona Cigar Studio. We have Will Cooper and Jay Davis back on the show to talk about a few newsworthy items in the cigar industry. Please take just a minute to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Corona Cigar Company is your one-stop shop for all your cigar needs. Whether that's a brand new humidor, a box of those new cigars you've been waiting for, a
1: top of the line cutter or lighter, a place to enjoy the finest cigars and spirits with friends, or the only cigars grown right here in the Sunshine State, we've
0: got you covered. Come visit one of our retail locations for the ultimate cigar experience.
1: Visit us online at coronacigar.com
2: how about that cigar how about that cigar
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the corona cigar studios for episode 197 of how about that cigar live thank you so much for joining us live on facebook live on youtube and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast thanks so much for making how about that cigar a part of your regular audio podcast rotation here in the corona cigar studios we have garrett we have justin uh welcome to the show everybody um So, the Minnesota Wild are holding on to a tenuous first place in the West Central Division. Very tight. It's it's a yeah Colorado Dallas. It's a very tight race right right now. There. So um, it's uh, but they're playing really well without without Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, yeah, Uh, Boldy has been playing out of his mind.
2: So. I just read a, a little article because I have not been following it like I should. I'll watch a lot of the highlights or reels the day after or the night after and uh, read an article about Boldy and holy crap, he's been lights
0: yeah, out. He has really he has really stepped up with, with Kaprizov out. Fortunately, it looks like Kaprizov's going to be back probably...
2: Earlier than they originally thought.
0: Yeah, probably like... It maybe even as early as late next week. Yes, but I'm fine if they, you know. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, when it comes to seeding, when you look at the playoff, the potential playoff picture, I'm actually okay if we don't outright win the division. Absolutely. Uh, from a seeding perspective, I think we're going to be in better shape if we get the number two spot. I do too. The number two seed. But yeah. I don't. I don't know. It, it all depends. But they've been playing fantastic hockey. They're playing right now. They're up two nothing. Last I checked. Yep. Um so it'll be interesting to see there's what nine games left in the regular season counting tonight. Um the 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 Aaron Rodgers saga continues. Uh from the sounds of things Green Bay is demanding way too much from the New York Jets. I don't blame the Jets for dragging their feet. Um honestly if 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 they're looking for too much uh uh, who who knows what's going to happen this with Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. maybe he'll become an XFL quarterback.
2: Yes, <laughs> or
0: arena league or CFL. I don't know. He'll play for the Hamilton Tiger Cats next. I don't know. Um, but you know his his NFL career is is tenuous at best at yeah. this point. Yep. Um, I I am sure eventually they're going to come up with a deal with the Jets, but right now there's really nothing. Um, uh, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, have been playing really well in spring training, even as we get into the late days of spring training, the final push uh, when when they really start developing their lineups and, you know, really getting things dialed in. Everybody's playing well.
2: I forgot to uh, text Raul the other day when we beat the Yankees.
0: I know, I know.
2: I forgot.
0: I mean, it's spring training, but still, time you beat the Yankees, the Yankees, feels good. Anytime you beat good. the
2: Yankees, it feels good.
0: Um, and uh, th- our uh, regular season starts on Thursday. We have six... Uh, road games to start the season. Well, our home opener isn't until game se- game seven of the season for us. So, which is fine because it's probably going to be snowing uh, in Minnesota anyway.
2: Real quick to go back to NFL. Yeah, uh, I wasn't here last week, so I wasn't able to complain about the fact that we lost Adam Thielen and we lost our star linebacker. Um,
0: if he's such a star, and yet you can't remember his name. Gosh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember his name. One of Uh, our guests might remember Kendrick. Oh, Kendricks. Yeah. Uh,
2: so that hurts, but I know that it frees up a lot of cap room. Um, also Kirk cousins took a, uh, salary cut to be able to re-sign our stud center. Um, Bradbury, who, uh, legit is a, just an amazing anchor to that offensive line. So yeah. Um, that all looks great. Um, not that I'm super excited about Kirk cousins. I'm not on any bandwagon, but I know that he's serviceable if he has the right tools.
0: Yeah. Um, and one non-sports thing real quick, just to remind you guys of, uh, and I'm going to keep, uh, talking about this for our local Minnesota people, uh, who enjoy fine cigars with the fine distilled spirits. Um, uh, the team at Sodi Cigar and Pipe, and along with myself and um, some of the fine folks at Crux Cigars, we got together and did a barrel pick uh, th- with, uh, Stellum, oh, uh, with Stellum, with Stellum whiskey, and we picked a really nice whiskey that's probably we're. It's looking like it's going to be available uh, mid to late April is what we're looking at, and we're going to do that with a special debut of uh, finally after a long. Uh, long wait—we're we're finally going to debut that with the uh, Crux Habano, or the sorry, the Crux Epicure Habano. Uh, so look forward for more details of that coming soon, because that's very exciting. Always fun to pick a barrel and uh, have some nice distilled spirits. But I think it is definitely time to bring on our special guest of the evening. And as always on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by Drew Estates. And the all-new Acid Cigars Kuba Variety 3-Packs are available now, specially designed to both broaden the palate of acid cigar enthusiasts and expand awareness of the Drew Estate product portfolio. Kuba Riety 3-Packs also present on-the-go consumers with tremendous value. For the price of two Acid Kuba Cuba cigars, purchasers receive three cigars in total with an Undercrown Shade cigar included in the pack. The cigars in the Cuberiati 3-packs are all 5x54 Robustos and are presented in resealable fresh packs with Boveda humidification pouches to ensure that they remain fresh. Priced at $21.90 per pack, the Acid Cuberiati 3-packs from Drew Estate are available now. So ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and welcome to episode 197 of How About That Cigar Live from Cigar Coop, William Cooper, and from Blue Smoke of Dallas... Jay Davis, gentlemen, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you.
3: Thank you. Hey, I got a I got a bone on the Minnesota Sports Report that you guys love <laughs> you guys something big off. The gophers are in the frozen four. Oh, yes. Well, yeah.
2: yeah. The, the that, Go- we, that, yeah that is the, yeah. our so, analogy. Here, yes. But here's so here's what it is from a sports perspective for me. Uh-huh. The gophers are usually in the frozen four.
3: Okay. So you guys are used to it.
2: True. So it is a it it's not a big uh a thing like if if the wild make it to, you know, if more the, than if, two rounds of the
0: playoff. Yeah, if they make it past the wild card rounds, it's it's big news. Uh,
2: yeah, and I
3: disagree with you guys. I think the wild should win that division. You you're gonna have to go through the first round, Colorado or Dallas if, if 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 you don't win the division. So why wouldn't you wanna win the division at this
0: point? I, I wanna pull the band-aid off. I wanna I want first round heavy hitter. To prove because we have something to prove also and I think with with Kaprizov back and and everybody healthy I think we can stand up against Dallas and Colorado. Okay. Absolutely. That's fair.
3: That's a fair point. That's a fair point point.
0: Um, and, and as far as the the frozen four and the gophers, I mean no disrespect. I love them Yes, but we're we don't really talk about college uh-huh. sports because neither one of us really had sports teams that are alma mater
3: well, That's it's great. funny. I, yeah, I'm not so. into the basketball, as people know, but I am into the, the Frozen Four. Um, um, Jay, much to Todd Johnson's shit grin, who has always busted on <laughs> me about the Frozen Four. <laughs> so so I, I think there's this epic showdown that could happen between Minnesota and Michigan in the final, yeah. which would yep. be an epic college hockey final. Two historic programs in that. So uh, that, that I am into. We will definitely be watching. Honestly, oh, I sure. pay
0: more attention to the Minnesota high school boys tournament than than to college hockey because the boys high school hockey tournament is like people take off work yeah. for a week just to watch the boys high school hockey yeah. at, at the end of the season. It's
2: like it's like high school football in the South. How big that is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right.
0: So From you high have the same football thing. in Texas. It's kind of the same thing with yeah. hockey up here. Yep.
1: Yep. I can see that. I could definitely. The question see that. I have is. Why is it that you like the NHL playoffs, Coop, where an eighth seed can go to the Stanley Cup, but you don't like the NCAA basketball tournament?
3: Well, Ooh. now it's a fair question, Jason. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I don't like it when when the I li- I don't like it when the eight teams go to the final eight seeds go to the finals. Um, but now it's it used to be sixteen to twenty one teams would go to the playoffs. Now it's sixteen out of thirty. It's actually pretty hard to make the NHL playoffs now. Like, it, it really is. And the way they structured it now with the division format, you really have to earn your way to get in there. Um, it's not like automatic bids or anything like that, that that the NCAA has. So that would be my answer.
1: I thought you were going to go with the fact that they were series and not one and done. That's that, true.
3: But but this weird. the, the NHL plus are always weird is what I'll tell you. There's strange things that happen. It's the, it's the most unpredictable playoffs in professional sports.
2: Well, and we want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Very late notice um, uh, to do this. But before we get into the content of our show, I think Matt would like to probably smoke a cigar.
0: I definitely need to light up a cigar. Before I do that, actually, I want to uh, ask Jay uh, what you're smoking yep. and Coop what
1: you're smoking. So, Jay, let's start with you. Uh, La Roma de Cuba Reserva made at the Pepin Garcia factory in Nicaragua. Very nice choice. Coop, what about you?
3: Uh, the Opus X, uh, Oscuro, uh, in the Chateau, the Chateau size, the Chateau Fuente size.
0: Fantastic. So, a bar
3: for both you
2: guys. Got it. Yeah.
0: So, I'm, uh, I'm lighting up the, uh, the Avo Synchro Caribe, uh, right it's... now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna do that on, oh, and Garrett,
2: real quick. Um, this was gifted by Raul Ramos. This is an old Aquitaine. Uh, the, the cello was absolutely filthy. <laughs> and a uh, little man for for the show tonight
0: very nice uh, so let's uh, get my cigar fired up on the Dunbarton tobacco and
2: trust toast cam when lighting your cigar it is important to be patient pay close attention to detail and focus on the tobacco in the same way Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra premium cigars of Dunbarton tobacco and trust Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Very nice. All right, guys. So, we had some news that uh, came out this uh, this past week. Um about the PCA moving to March of 2024. Okay. There had been some rumors and talks about maybe going to um, Louisiana, um, but at the end of the day, we hear this news that, that broke, and I immediately looked at Coop's article, and Coop, you, read, you wrote uh, a great article, made some fantastic points. I have some counterpoints to those that that we'll get to, Uh, But Jay, as you sit on the PCA board, if you could just bring us through a little bit of what you can share about that process and what that looked like moving the trade show.
1: Well, I'm not sure how long everyone here has been in the industry, but I've been in the industry for 14 years. And the constant complaint was that the PCA trade show was always in July or August. And whether we are in New Orleans or Orlando or Vegas, it was pretty uncomfortable, particularly if you're outside smoking and the Sands was unwilling to work with us unless we were there for the July 4th week, you know, either right before or right after. So there was a a pretty strong desire from almost everyone I've spoken to in the last 15 years to be at a, a more comfortable time. And that had a lot to do with why we uh, decided to move the show to that time period. It's something we've been wanting to do, but we are in a long-term contract with the Sands. So it doesn't end until this year.
2: Okay. And now, uh, Coop, your um, your article was, um, and if you guys haven't read, uh, go to cigar-coop.com. And uh, read Coop's article on, you know, all of his points. But Coop, I'll give you the floor for a second to talk about some of the issues that you have with this move.
3: Okay, so first I want to really say a very important point before we start. I don't, I, I, I understand PCA had to get out of the sands of Venetian. It was a bad deal and our business shouldn't be dealing with a bad deal. And it was very limiting with that point. That being said, um, I understand that people were unhappy with a summer trade show. So I understand that there was sentiment to move it, even though the surveys didn't indicate that last year. The surveys said that people went to the show, liked the show, they liked the facility. But apparently there was another survey, Jay, right, for the people who didn't go. And they overwhelmingly wanted to move the dates, right?
1: Well, there were there were two surveys. Um, I guess the 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 correct answer is um, we view ourselves more as a Republican form of government at, on the board, thinking you know what is going to be the greatest benefit for all of our members and a lot of times people don't answer things so you know we don't feel like we need to follow majority yeah. rule if 51 percent want to go to anchorage alaska that doesn't mean that's necessarily what yeah. we want to do yeah. <laughs> right Keep i calm. understand
3: that yeah yeah i understand that
1: so yeah. i think i guess it answered your question to be honest is if we had followed the two surveys uh there was less of an impetus to move the date of the show but we yeah. felt uh particularly some people that have been on the board for a long time that uh, this is something they've been wanting to do for a while okay. and uh it was difficult because a lot of companies have booked up conventions for the next four or five years. out right. of I mean, COVID. And when we saw an opportunity uh, for a window, we took it.
3: Okay. So my big complaint about this is I did not like the March dates at all. I did not like the fact that we are now have added the biggest event into the most crowded part of the cigar industry schedule. Um, and it puts a strain on some people. All right, especially the manufacturers who are going to have to support all this stuff now. I mean, and I'm just going to rattle off some of the things that happened. Pro Sabor, Pro Cigar, TPE, factory visits, which are a big part. Mm-hmm. Uh, great smoke, a very large event. You guys have been there in Florida. Uh, the big smoke, in which is in Florida. Uh, and I'll even throw Underground's event on. It's, so all this, and I'm like, we, we put this right up against all these events. So I think it's a strain on the manufacturers. Now I understand that like retailers aren't going to all these things, right? But you know I'm a media guy, okay? And we were already taxed and taxed out to begin with in the first quarter, and now suddenly this comes in here, and now things that I've been covering, are, there's going to be some things that we've covered that we're not going to be able to give coverage to, as well as other media people. And you may say, well, no big deal. Well, I think it is a big deal when. The industry's not getting exposure on a variety of different angles. So I did not like this March date at all.
1: And, and, and that's, that's a fair criticism. Yeah. Um, that, you know, the dates that I, I, and I, I may be Scott Pierce probably knows more than I do, but I believe that our options were uh, to be in the sands in July again, and have to probably sign a multi-year contract because there's new owners of the Venetian. Right. Um, very late April. Which could be disastrous in New Orleans, and there wasn't really a date at the Las Vegas Convention Center uh, that we could find in 2024 that was going to be around the same time period. Right. Um, so we have, we had limited options. Um, though I, you know, I think that the greatest story happened at the Coop Compound last year, where. You know Ben's doing a, a video of Luciano and his camera overheated had to be put in the freezer. I mean, two years ago I twenty degrees while it was raining in Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. That 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 taxes a lot of people out, and also I think it's difficult for retailers. Um, it doesn't affect me as much because it, when it's that hot, uh, I think it was hotter in Dallas than it was in Vegas last year during the show. But if you're a if you're a retailer, let's say in Mackinac Island, or if you're in Calgary, or um, the surgeon lives, or if you're in Maine or you're in Connecticut, it's awfully difficult to leave um for a week in July. That that's right. prime season. Why we want to track the East Coast?
3: Why is it hard to leave for a week in July? This is the part I don't understand. I hear this all the time. Why is it difficult to leave for a week in July? I can't
1: speak as to every shop, but I can tell you that with uh-huh. the exception of 2021, which you know scars were literally flying off the shelves to everybody. Every year when I go to the trade show. And I would say also every year when I go to Pro Cigar or to Puro Cigar, or to Cuba, my sales in my store drop anywhere from 50 to 70% for that week. And if it's in February where sales are slow, it's not as impactful as it being in prime season. And um, I think that that could really affect people on the East Coast. Because let's say if you're on the East Coast, let's say you're in, I don't know, Connecticut. You probably aren't selling a lot of cigars um, other than Christmas time. After the beginning of October until probably the middle of April or where these guys are, I mean, you've only got, what, three months, four months of the year where you can sell a lot of cigars and leaving for a week in July can really impact their business.
3: I don't, there's people to work the store. This is where I always get into this. Here's my thing, Jay. Now you're putting it March 22nd, March Madness Week, beginning Mm -hmm. of spring golf season's kicking off right how is this like how does that this week solve that problem is kind of what i've challenged people on because i don't see a difference is what i'm saying and i noticed i hear the argument all the time i can't leave my store there's no one to run it well usually those retailers and i don't mean to be disrespectful they probably aren't doing a lot of buying at the pca i mean i i, I don't mean to be like but that's that's the case as far as it goes. I do think that people don't want to be in Vegas at 110 degrees where cameras are overheating. I do think that people don't want the calendar blocked off in July because it's family vacation time. Um, the other thing I've always heard is the 4th of July argument it makes no sense to me. Because the 4th of July, the shows the week after the 4th of July. Yeah,
1: so it, I, I, it depends I, I, on the score. The 4th of July is my, I'm open 365 days a year. Uh, And the Uh 4th of July is slower than Christmas. so That's what I go
3: back. I I see it slower than Christmas normally. It's the Um, same I've seen.
1: But I think part of it, too, is I I think I would say that 80 to 90 percent of the people that go to the show, doesn't matter what day the show is, is, it could be on Christmas. People who are committed to the show are going to go. Right. Exactly. You're only making the fringe. But, you know, what's the what's the harm in the people that do come and making them more comfortable and happy? And you know, not have to deal with, you know, heat exhaustion. You know, I would say your average retailer is probably north of fifty, and that heat can have a huge impact on your energy level and your decision making, particularly if you're adding alcohol to it, which a lot of people do. And so July is just—it's a tough time uh, to do the show.
3: Yep. No, I, I, like I said, I think there's, like I said, I've heard reasons for July. I just think the reasons are more. I don't want to be in Vegas in July, and frankly. Look, I, I know because I have a day job and no one wants to go to a convention during the summer on, on my day job. They they it yeah. just no no I one agree. wants to go.
1: So I, I get that part. And part, part of it is, is the buying season. Um, you know, I this next year is gonna be kind of a kerfunkle to kerfuffle whatever the word is, uh, to work things up because you've got eight months between shows. But if a manufacturer shows a product in March, then you can probably get that in June or maybe in uh September and you still have that product before Christmas I mean this year the last couple years I still have PCA uh shipments that have not come from a number of different companies so I think once the the sales cycle is adjusted and people are used to the show this time of year I think you'll be able to get more of the new product on the shelves particularly for places like the east coast or the Dakotas or Minnesota where it gets cold I think that you'll have more time to sell those new products and not being stuck with them until January February March
3: Yeah, and and the funny thing I was thinking about, and I didn't put this in the article, the the manufacturers had enough trouble delivering PCA exclusives. How are they going to do it in an eight-month cycle now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's – I mean, that's so true because – I mean, yeah. They're going to be – so we had PCA-22 exclusives from some companies. I'm not going to name anybody, but some local shops here that bought into some of the PCA exclusives uh, that they purchased – at the trade show in July of 2022 that just showed up in the shops in January, maybe February. So now we're going to have a short, like you said, a super, a super short cycle where people are going to order their PCA 23 exclusives in July this year. And are they, are they not going to receive them until February of 2024? And then, a few weeks later, go to Vegas and and be expected to purchase the PCA24 exclusives when they literally just took the cellophane off the boxes yeah. of the 2023 exclusives. I mean, it's 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 a little bit I can see that it, it could be a strain on uh, uh, keeping uh, inventory sort of cohesive and flowing properly in, in your humidor.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. You know, I, I would say it'll be a one to two year strain on both retailers and manufacturers for that piece. Um, but how long are we looking to really commit to the March timeframe?
1: Well, I would say, first of all, and I, I know this doesn't help, uh, small manufacturers, uh, and you're right. The eight months is tight. But PCA has been in conversation with a lot of manufacturers since last August. I'm surprised the secret was kept this long. So a lot of the major manufacturers were consulted, not just those on the board. And we wanted to know if they could uh, be ready to do a show in March of 2024. Uh, So there's been a little bit more uh, heads up there. I I don't think some of the smaller companies um, were probably notified, but a lot of the big booth distributors were. But the answer to your question is, the plan is going forward. uh, We're going to be mid-March to mid-April for the foreseeable future. And part of that was, uh, you know, we talked with the TA and they were agreeable to move their main show to the uh, September-October timeframe.
0: Well, and one other piece that plays into this is looking more further into the future. And that is the fact that The PCA 2024 in March, instead of at the Venetian uh, Convention Center, is going to be at the Las Vegas Convention Center. And from what I understand, immediately following the PCA trade show in March of 2024, they are going to begin massive renovations of the Las Vegas Convention Center, uh, which means that space won't be available, from what I understand, for two full years. Is that correct?
3: they're expanding it right so the expansion is going on but they're going to renovate the existing space so i think there's some space in the new expanded space okay but yes they're the north and south halls that's what i understood was happening
1: there, there are going to be some challenges over the next couple of years um but as always we look at lots of places uh, i know people sometimes are critical why are we always in las vegas well because vegas always has the best shows as far as attendance. But we sent RFPs out to 50 cities each of the last two years, so we were always looking to do some uh, something different. I think there will always be a, sh- a show uh, in Vegas, but maybe not every year, maybe every other year, maybe take a couple years off. Um, but there are other cities that want to work with us, and there's other cities we're trying to get exemptions made. Um, so yeah, things will be a little dicey in 25. Uh, I would say the door is not closed on the Las Vegas Convention Center in 25. Uh, We're still working some things out for 25, and we hope to have an announcement out in the next four to six weeks.
3: That's good. I mean, I think, but I think, again, I give you guys credit. Mm -hmm. Bad deal at the Venetian. You know what? The the organization has to move forward and do business. So I I can't fault them. I may not like the March dates, but I understand the reasons for the move, and I applaud the PCA uh, for doing that, as well as to listening to a lot of constituents who did want that show out of the summer. They have to get credit for that. Even though I may not like it, um, I don't think this was the worst decision the PCA ever made. either. Yeah,
1: and I I will say that, you know, we did consult manufacturers and retailers. Uh, We probably did not consult media as much as we could have. We probably did not think of some of the other festivals and things like that. I think some of those festivals and things will stay, but some of them might move in time. I mean, for me, one of the things I've always wanted to do is go to the Rocky Mountain festival, but it's just, it's right after the trade show. So that,
3: um,
1: you know, and you still have the, the Tampa thing is growing in December. So it's possible that maybe some of these other things, I don't think pro cigar and pro cigar are going to move. Um, they're still going to be in the first quarter because that's when they want you there when the crops are in the field. Uh, so there, and it may be an adjustment, maybe national sales meetings will start happening in November to prepare for the trade shows in, um, in March and April. I don't know. Yeah. And I think some things will move, um, you know, but I don't know if those two big festivals will move. Um,
3: yeah. I don't, I, I don't see pro cigar moving. They've done the same week. Uh, pro sabor is earlier, um, but they go up close against TPE every year. So yeah. like pro mm-hmm. cigar goes up against, always been up against great smoke and T and pro has always been up against uh, TPA.
2: So I got a couple quotes here. One from Skip Martin who says, if it helps more retailers attend, it's a good thing. Uh, Do we think um, there's a good chance that more, more retailers will attend if it's in March?
3: I don't. I don't, at least in the short term. I think people are committed to going to the show one way or another. And there's a very small percentage of people that base that on when it is. Yeah.
1: Spring break could be an issue. I know in Texas, spring break is usually in March. um, So that could be a thing. But I do think that um, there are people on the fence who will go to a show in March that would not go to a show in July. But like I said, I think most of the big buyers, they're going to go anyways. Yeah. And a lot of the really big buyers, um, you know, like the smoke ends of the world, the two guys, those guys are going to go whenever. Uh, but I think that for – unless you're in a shop where it's literally a husband and a wife, and it's difficult to move. I don't know if those people are ever going to be able to go to many shows.
3: It's the same problem. That's why I said, Jay, that's my point. It's the same problem no matter where it is, that when it is. That's Well, where if, it is.
0: if they have school-age kids, if those shop owners have school-age kids, yeah. then it's easier for them to go in July than it is any other time of year because they don't have to uh, find somebody to – um, because, you know, they they may have to find, you know, care for their kids yep. during the summer, but it's way easier to find care for your kids in the summer than it is during the school year when you've got to worry about busing and, you know, getting to and from school and all, all those things. So it's, it's definitely a factor. Mm-hmm.
2: Another quote from Abe DeBabna, who the fuck cares? <laughs>
3: He's right. He's right. Um, well, guess what? Everyone cares because I had <laughs> huge traffic. Uh,
2: his point being, uh, and he, he called me and elongated on that and basically said, uh, focus on making the show an unmissable show. And Matt, to Matt's comment that he continues to make.
0: Yeah, I I, I feel like a broken record. And and maybe it's m- maybe the, the point that I, keep trying song. to get across is is unimportant and and I just am completely oblivious to the fact that it's it's meaningless but I I look at I look at what TPE does with their show and they have that over the top opening night party uh and PCA is for the last few years I'm sorry the PCA trade show has been dull as dirt dull as dirt it's been a business only and i i i long for the days of when when the opening night party at ipcpr was ab- an absolute banger and tpe does that and i know it's just one opening night party i know that it's not about the party but there's there is an aspect of it that some people would rather sp- if they're going to only travel to, and especially now that they're going to be within, you know, uh, five weeks of each other, six weeks of each other, the some retailers are going to have to choose because they don't have the budget to go to TPE and PCA. And back. some yeah. some retailers are going to choose to go to TPE because, honestly, whether it's right or wrong, I'm not judging, but they're going to go to TPE because it's more fun.
3: Hey, 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 Matt. Let's give um, PCA some credit with today's announcement, though, because I I actually called Jay, and I said, what they're doing on the Friday before the trade show floor opens is a major step into making that day much better than I've ever seen it. Now, well, yeah, I mean, well, a, ex-
0: expand on that because I, I I missed I, it. I'll be honest, I I I missed that part.
3: It was on cigar coop today. Um, so what it was is um I have a day job. So. Right, so they have announced that. The Friday, the, the Friday schedule, and I think this is important. Um, it's going to kick. This is the Friday schedule at noon. Jay, you, mind, you want me to do it, or you want to do it?
1: You Go ahead. You have it in front of you.
3: Okay. So at noon, they are going to, on Friday, okay, they're going to have uh, the, a new docu-series premiere from the folks at Hand Rule, from noon to 1245. Then there are two blending seminars. There's one with Toscano's Master Blender. At 1 p.m. And at 2 p.m., they have what they're calling a triple threat blending seminar with Ernesto perez Carrillo, Christian Aroa, and Nestor Placencia Jr. The annual meeting, which is the breakfast, is going to be at 3.15. They're going to have a keynote speaker at 4.15. It's going to be Oz Perlman. And then at 6 is the opening day party. To me, this is much more interesting I know legislation is important and hearing a legislative update, a point of sales presentation. These are things that I'm hoping I get to see some of these and from a media standpoint, cover it this year. I think this is a, a nice job they did this year. I mean, I, it's, it's a, and it's a good step in the right direction is what I'm going to say.
1: And I would say that Matt's uh, criticism has been heard. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, there was a lot of discussion on the board about, well, we just, we just want to make sure the trade show is a place where people can do business. But, what I've been hearing more and more from Scott Pierce is um, this is not like other trade shows and we need to make it fun. We need to have yeah. it exciting. Yeah. We spent a lot of time uh, trying to get a good keynote speaker. Uh, we even tried Alan to see if we could reproduce what he did at the palms a few years ago. So that is definitely an area that we're trying to get better in.
3: This was a major step in the right direction. Now I, I yeah. talked to a couple of my media colleagues today. They said, ah, that's not enough. My goodness, this is, this is better than anything I've seen on on the Friday. Like our team's getting in Thursday night for a reason now, uh, because of, because of what's going on on Friday.
2: Yeah, um, I like that Friday lineup. Um, I, so I think it's a great I, lineup. I, I, I and agree. Oz
3: Perlman is is a he's. If you haven't seen Oz Perlman, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good keynote to have. That is. It's okay. a little more entertainment. It's going to be, I think, but that's what they need. They need entertainment. They don't need you know. They don't need a, a, a former mayor coming in and rattling off about uh, fracking like they did a few years ago. Uh,
2: Michael Herkelatz just sent me a message and his response to the PCA moving to March. Epic.
3: No. Sorry, Mike.
2: <laughs> no, not epic. Not epic.
3: Not epic. When, when, when this industry has less media coverage, you, you'll think twice. No, <laughs> absolutely not. You want to say it's? I like it because it's not joy. That's fine. It's not epic. But, <laughs> but come on, come on, come on, Mike. Hey,
1: Mike, Mike is calling all. I the I love way Mike. Here. I
3: love Mike. But come on, epic.
1: <laughs> I, I think that uh, what you're going to see this year, and I think in the in the next few years, as far as making the show more fun and more you know enjoyable. I think those are gonna be huge. I mean, one of the things that I'm really excited about for next year is we're not gonna be cramped at the $50, you know, Hitler tables to, you know, (laughs) Resorts World has lounges where you can smoke. They have pool areas where you can smoke. They have restaurants you can smoke. And that's another thing I like too, is it's not like, you know, we've got four host hotels and Resorts World will be one of them. And, And also from a business perspective, we didn't have to put down a deposit like we do at the Sands because we've done business with the Convention Center. And we've got uh, four properties, and only one of them is known to have retrovirus in it. And that's really the fourth property <laughs> because we have the Renaissance and the Marriott as well. So there's a lot of things that you can do uh, as far as having places to smoke and hang out that you don't have in the Venetian and the so that you will have a resorts world. And there are areas to smoke at the Marriott and the Renaissance as well. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I went to I went to Resorts World West. I was impressed. I was very impressed with it.
1: I mean, Resorts World wanted to do the whole convention there, but they don't have a convention center. And we're like, we don't want to just do a bunch of tents because that was one of the things that we talked about. And we talked with manufacturers like, no, we want to be in a convention center. And if Resorts World had a convention center and I know that they probably are going to build one in the next few years, uh, we would have done that. So. Uh, That's another thing I like, too. It's not like it was a few years ago when we were at the Las Vegas Convention Center and the choices were the Westgate or the Encore, which had weird service. You could smoke in certain bars and not others. And I actually burned the bottom of my shoes walking from the Encore to the Convention Center. So I think we've got better choices. And I'm sorry, the Sahara, which has one place for breakfast. That's a problem. So oh, yeah. I think that you're going to like the host hotels a lot more. The reality is they're going to cost a little bit more the first two nights because of March Madness. But then they're actually cheaper the third and fourth nights. So there are overall it's going to cost about the same from a hotel perspective as it, as it did in 2023. By well, 2020, anyway, the if cigar
3: companies want to sponsor electric blankets for the compound, because we, we're probably going to need some of those outside. <laughs> when, when, when Now, instead of doing one hundred dollars Five degrees at night we'll be doing with 55 or 45 degrees at night let me know uh we will accept sponsorships hey for like that's blankets. that's
1: shorts and t-shirt weather right oh there. for and you I, guys that's true yeah <laughs> And my, my lawyer will still be contacting you because i had to see luciano in the speedo so luciano and, and only money for that. i was giving luciano a hard time i said i said bro you look better in a speedo than i do again, yeah. that's more than i need to see of you
3: Jay, a year ago, you came to Charlotte, and we had that, like, midnight smoking session outside your hotel, and it was, like, 45 to 55 degrees. It was cold. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's how Vegas is is that time of the year.
1: And you never know. Yeah, because you're in the desert. It's going to get cold. It's going to get cold.
0: Yeah, TPE was freezing.
3: Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: You know, a couple months ago. TPE was freezing, or last month.
3: Yeah, March is definitely better than January, though. Like, a media compound doesn't work in in January, yeah.
0: Yeah, because we're basically talking – to, right now, today, yeah. next year, yeah. the, this but, exact
3: day. But Loom, Loomis always wants to get a pool with the house, right? I don't think we need to get a pool next year. It's, 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 yeah, you March, probably
0: right. won't need a pool when it's. Right. I mean, if you're, if, he's if always got that pool. Lucky, the highs in late March in Vegas, you know, are probably going to be. They might hit seventy. You know, seventy-five. It,
3: oh, daytimes a beautiful that time of the year. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean that. That I will say is a, a positive. I have been in Vegas that time of the year yeah
1: well Well, let's look right now how what's the temperature right now in las vegas because the show would be right about this time that's an excellent question uh
0: 55 degrees 55 in the evening well it's yeah it's evening it's
3: yep it's, it's uh, high of sixty nine, and Wednesday's the highest sixty four. So it's it's going to go down thirty nine tonight, which is a little cooler than normal. This because I did look up some of the weather. Stuff.
1: That's going to be so nice, but it's better than it's, better than it's
0: better than one hundred and twenty at eleven p.m.
3: I I, I don't know if thirty nine is epic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. I can't see smoking at thirty nine degree weather. Epic. You're seven degrees above freezing. So.
0: I'll t- I'll take it over
3: the the uh, flop sweat. We we will, will accept those electric oh I'm off. definitely gonna bring an electric blanket, I can tell you that. So just the
2: just the lack of swast factories, yeah. I think is going to be <laughs> at least that will be part of a win. Yeah.
0: I won't have to pack as much underwear. I'm I, oh yeah. real real talk, hashtag real talk, I will not have to pack as much underwear. Yeah. You know, you don't, to, you don't have to you underwear. Oh I know. I, of I had to
3: buy underwear one uh, <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> so I know and it wasn't cheap either. So.
0: Oh brother. Well, one other big factor about this, at looking beyond 2024 is, um, you know, rumors about cities outside of Las Vegas, uh, New Orleans, uh, St. Louis, Memphis, Tampa, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on. And, I, and like, like you said, Jay, I know you put out uh, requests for proposal to multiple locations across the United States. I personally... I I, and I've been preaching this for years and I continue to preach it that I believe, even though it it may not be as exciting as seeing a new place every year. To me, Las Vegas is the best possible place to have a cigar trade show, because it's not just about the trade show during the day when the show floor is open, because obviously you can smoke on the show floor. But after hours, there's so much business and networking and relationship building that happens after hours, yeah. and Vegas is filled with places for people to gather and smoke cigars, where a lot of other cities, New Orleans specifically, isn't so much uh, conducive to after-hours smoking events. Um, as much no no city is as much as. Las Vegas is with the, with the possible exception of Tampa, Miami, um, areas. But if, if you look at, if you look at States outside of Nevada and Florida, I can't see a great, uh, bunch of after hours smoking environments, uh, in these other cities and States, Dubai, Dubai. Yeah. Dubai.
3: Dubai. I agree. But I think, yeah, I agree with you on that. But I think we've been, some of us have been down the New Orleans route again. Um, It ain't Vegas. Uh, and I'm just saying, let's take the smoking ban piece out of that. It's just, it, you're not going to have those central hubs that Las Vegas affords you to do on that. So, you know, I, I think, and that's going to be a challenge, I think, with a lot of these other cities. Uh, just Las Vegas has this, like, you know, like I said, just. The Strip just provides that – it provides everything, avenues, which is really conducive for our industry, for the social component at night, which I think is a very important part of this trade show. We lacked that in New Orleans in 2015. They can, they can try to make some – look, they can maybe get some convention smoking space for us at night. I get that. But, you know, people, they want to be a part of the uh, fiber of the city. And, um, you know, they want – and I think that's important. It's not just smoking, but they want to be – they're going somewhere. They kind of want to smoke in the environment they're going to. So, you know, being in a convention center at night, I think PCA tried this a couple of years ago and they kind of showed. Now people want to be a part of the vibe of the city. So the, these other places are going to be a challenge for that.
2: You know, and to uh, Eric's point, I bet Casa Fuente is constantly packed during the trade show. Actually, you'd be surprised. Um, it's rarely packed during the trade show i mean it's
3: busy but it's,
0: it's not busy, but, but it's, it's not
2: at night at night it gets busy at night it yeah. gets busy yep it can get busy at night um but i've never been i've never, I've never been turned away because i've never had to wait for right. a table
0: yeah or a place you, you you can usually find a spot even if it's at
2: the bar yeah so unlike yeah. uh unlike the circle bar what's it called now um bar luca
3: bar luca it's $50 by the way to get a table
2: Right.
0: Yeah, but but you've got eight cigar lounge. You've got Monte Cristo. Monte Cristo. You've got. Uh, there's off. there's plenty of other choices in Las there, Vegas there, that, that are. That's
3: what I mean. There's a lot of different places you can, yeah. you can go. It's harder to smoke in Las Vegas than it was ten years ago. I'll give you that. But there's still enough places, and people feel like you know if you, one reason I think why Bar Luca is such a, uh, a popular place is not just because it's in the, um, not just because it's close, but you're in the casino. And people like that vibe. I think they really like that vibe, and they, they can smoke and gather, which is why I think it's been so popular.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a high energy environment. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that, and yeah. same with because uh, a lot of people, um, you know, for for budget reasons, stay across the street at Treasure Island, and Treasure Island is kind of the same deal where it's 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 less expensive. It's not as high end and swanky as as Palazzo and Venetian, but the the main lobby bar. I mean, you you go to the other side of the bar and there's the casino. And I I think people, there's an energy to it that that people like when they're in the city. Mm
3: -hmm. Totally agree. And it's not far from the convention. It's a short walk. Yeah. So.
0: Um, When we, so when we look at other cities, um, aside from Las Vegas, in my mind, Miami and Tampa are two really, Um, quality destinations for cigar smokers. What do you guys think as far as if, if there were to be a trade show as well there, what do you guys think of those two cities?
1: Well, Tampa has a lot to offer as a city. Their, their convention space is way too small. Okay. Uh, The PCA does need to generate revenue. um, And the, the space is very small. Um, But yeah, I think if Tampa, uh, can add some space, that'd be great. Miami, uh, we need a city council exemption. Uh, you can't smoke there. I recently went to the big smoke and it was at the Seminole Hotel, which whew, it was a thousand dollars a night. They had to lower it lowered all the way to $499. And there were a lot of places in the casino where you could not smoke. And I was with, with Rocky and, and Nish and Nimish, and they wouldn't let us put tables together. It was as bad as Bar Luca. And that seminal property won't work with us either. So, you know, yeah, Miami could do some things, but there are a lot of restaurants in Miami where you can't smoke. Um, So I prefer Tampa if we had a decent convention space. Orlando, if you're not sitting out in front of the hotel where it's 400% humidity and 99 degrees, um, and they gave us like some small interior room to smoke. I mean, I don't know if you guys were at the Orlando trade show. I was at that, yeah. But I... it was rough. My wife and kids enjoyed it. They went to Disney World, but uh, that that was rough as far as places to smoke. Uh, though Drew Estate did have a party that year that was uh, outside of Corona that was really well done under a huge tent. Yep. So, you know, Orlando's a possibility too. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got, you know, Corona there. Um, yeah. We should just, you know, put it in Boynton Beach. Uh, Abe's pretty good at large events. There you go. <laughs>
2: well, and I know that, so we've covered cigars and baseball the last couple of years and the city of St. Paul works with that event and makes a one day uh, uh, lifts, basically lifts the, the smoking ban in that facility for one day. Yeah. Have there ever been conversations with municipalities to do that sort of thing?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, Just last year, we were, um, I had two retailers approach me here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to do it at the Fort Worth Convention Center. And there's some good possibilities there because one of the issues with the convention space is whether they're clean air certified. But that convention center is owned by the city of Fort Worth. But um, every time when push came to shove and we got, PCA got involved, hey, we need, you need a mayoral exemption and it hasn't happened. Fort Worth would be great because they've got a lot of hotels. So There's a lot of places where you can actually smoke and drink in Fort Worth, and it's it's in the middle of the country. Um, mm-hmm. We've also approached other country, other places like we went in Indianapolis. In fact, we even threw out the deal of going to Lucas Oil, and they're like, "Absolutely not! They wouldn't let us do it." You know, we approached Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. They basically wouldn't return our phone calls. <laughs> 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 you know, we, we talked to Tampa, and the only options in 2024. Oh mid-december and and a space is too small you know we talked to nashville we talked about doing it at churchill downs and yeah. we got down which surprised us so there's a lot of places where we've been talking about you know doing something and getting a mayoral or city council exemption um, i will say that we have had some preliminary discussions with new orleans and they're actually willing to bend over backward backwards on having some uh, outside spaces uh, just for us and and also uh, to allow us to smoke on the, the trade show floor also. So, you know, as much as you guys want to slam New Orleans, New Orleans has been much more willing to work with us than almost anyone else except for Las Vegas. Because and, they
3: shut. They, well, they put this comprehensive smoking. The problem I have with New Orleans is we, they put one of the most restrictive smoking bans anywhere. And I just have a fundamental problem giving our event to them.
1: Yeah, but, you well, know, so is New York City and Chicago and San Francisco and a lot of other places. Um, I mean, got, I noticed, that, yeah. So, th- yeah, I mean, I'd love to do it. In, you know, be great doing Kansas City or or Minneapolis-St. Paul. There's a lot of cities that have turned their nose up at us. Uh, we've also tried to get some mayoral exemptions in St. Louis. That's another city that's well located in the United States. So, we even looked possibly at maybe doing it outside the United States, and we decided that that would be too expensive for people. Um, but even in Santiago and the Dominican, there are still a lot of places you can't smoke. No, and it's the Granite is a nightmare. The Gran Monte is bad for a pro cigar. Imagine when you've got 6,000 people, there's no way it would work. Um, yeah. Because third world countries, if they take money from the International Monetary Fund, they have to agree to certain United Nations uh, provisions. And one of them is uh, anti-smoking. Like when I was in Cuba a few years ago, it was very difficult to find a place to smoke in Cuba. Very few restaurants would let you smoke in Cuba or the Dominican or Nicaragua. So uh, there are not a lot of options for a group of our size. Yeah. Ooh, I've actually to a cruise ship. And, uh, you know, we got issues there too. But, you know, yeah. that is a possibility. I'm a, I like to cruise. That sounds really bad. But uh, I was- <laughs> I was thinking of that Al Pacino movie, right? All right, uh, all right. I thought I would love it if the trade show was on a. Oh, if it was on
0: a cruise top. ship, a big Royal Caribbean sized cruise ship, oh, I'd be no, signed me up. Be
1: sick. They've gone very anti smoking. Most of them have pulled out their cigar bars, um, but I bet if we bought an entire cruise ship with six thousand people, we could probably get it done. Um, and I, I personally like that idea, um, but we haven't had serious discussions at, at the board level about that, but. I would love to, you know, take a cruise ship out of Orlando and go down to Aruba and Carousel. and, and yeah. you know, but I don't know how much buying would happen if we did that. So, yeah, that would be kind of cool though to do it on a cruise ship.
2: All right. So, real quick, um, before we go to anything else, uh, final thoughts on so what I'd like to know is at the end of the day, cigars are for the consumer. Moving the trade show to March does that have any consumer impact that we have failed to talk about or, or, or mention?
3: The, the, uh, the trade show itself. No. Like when some of the media has to reprioritize and the coverage you're going to get of some of these other things, they'll feel that piece, I think. Um But, but, but yeah, as far as products going, no, I, I think there'll still be plenty of cigars. There'll still be new cigars.
1: So no, I don't. Yeah, I I don't think the consumers will be negatively impacted um, at all. In fact, I think the positive, like I mentioned earlier, is they might see more new cigars starting to drop in the summer, which would be a, a big benefit for people in colder climates. And instead of a cigar coming out late December, you get that cigar in September. So I think as we get adjusted to this new schedule, I think it will benefit consumers because if the newer items are coming out earlier in the year, they're going to buy them. And if they really like them, then they'll come back and buy them for Christmas. So I think it benefits the industry. Um, I will tell you the one concern I have is I own a cigar shop and I, cash flow is still my biggest enemy. And I don't have as much cash coming out of my two slowest months. And, and March is usually kind of quiet than as I do, let's say at the end of June, I usually have more money in June than I have at the end of, right. of March. But at the same token a lot of the manufacturers they'll let you know hey we're going to ship this right away this will be shipped in two months this will be shipped in three months this will be shipped in six months a lot of the manufacturers are pretty good about that there's a few that you know like with fuente it's it's you know you're gonna you're gonna roll the dice for the hard eight you might get your entire shipment the next week or you might get it in, in 15 months you just never know but most companies you can you can build in your cash flow so that is the only concern i have um, but I think over time, you know, we'll we'll get that adjusted as well for for the shops where cash flow is a little tighter. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree oh, with I that comment. I agree with
1: that comment. I yeah. do agree with that comment. Oh, I like Eric's comment too. What do you think? I about
3: that? I, I agree with that comment. In fact, it could change the way I do my cigar year. I don't think I'll change it the first year, but right. yeah, it, it definitely be an improvement with top twenty five list, no doubt.
1: I, I won't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah, that so was Consensus in the first week of January. There, <laughs> no, he'll still send his products
3: out in November, uh, whether they're released or not. <laughs> so.
1: but yeah, but it would be nice to have some time for those new products to
3: yes, it, it,
1: and it give everyone a chance to review yeah. them. So that's a positive for the media. Though I do agree. I mean, we need the media. The media is very important. Scott Pierce has been a champion for the media. He now, has. I like, for the example, I'm assuming they're going to do it this year. I've looked at the whole schedule. There usually now there's a there's a, a media press conference where a lot of questions are going to get asked early in the trade show, which I like.
3: Yeah, and we and we won't have to have the whole debate on where the trade show is in the, in the press conference this year because it'll probably all be, we'll be done by then.
0: So. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
1: So, at least Charlie had questions. They, he did. A lot of people did. He did.
3: He did. He did. But it was on the 2024 show, not the twenty twenty-two one
0: so garrett i have a question
2: what's your question matt is it time i think it is time are you sure yeah. i'm 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 damn sure
0: all right it is now time for this week's numero de los muertos and as always numero de los muertos brought to us by our friends at smoke Inn. Numero de los Muertos episode 197 Garrett What do you have for us this week
2: You're going to hate me <clears throat>
0: No I, I love it because I don't have to do it
2: <laughs> you, do,
0: you do So much better with this than I do Please please take Get, a, right. get us to, Get us out of our misery so that so that I don't have to do Numero de los Muertos Again because I, I have a Newfound respect for Numero De los Muertos all right.
2: So one person died and is the only person that has died from this in the 1960s.
0: Is the only person that died in the 1960s from this no. or the only person that ever died ever from died. this thing
2: ever died from this thing
0: died in the 1960s like last week? Yeah, last week was. Let's not talk about last week. I bet I have, bad, I have, flat, I I have PTSD.
2: This is a little less <laughs> obscure, and I am pretty sure with this crew of people, we will get there. Was the um, person a musician? They were not. Um, not anything nefarious or sexual. I'll just say that. Uh, not a cow following on following on them. That's really good. Ooh, Woodstock. Actually, three people died. I that one, uh, spontaneous combustion. That's I got nice it. One. Good guess. I, yeah. I got
3: it. Space.
2: No, that was three people.
3: Okay. Oh, it's three. Okay.
2: Yep, three Russians. That's a great guess, though. Holy is. shit, that's a great guess. Is
3: it a famous person or or just an average person?
2: Um, at the time, they would have been semi-famous. Almost famous. Yeah, almost famous so this is the
1: uh, only time that anyone in the history of the world has died because of this but i'll happens. say at,
2: i will say oh, i don't want to give too many clues on this one um but i will say the only one that has died from this at this level
0: uh ingest on land ingesting lsd no Somebody
2: not AIDS. AIDS. All at shelter not aids not concert Is it a disease? No.
3: Okay. Um,
0: Would it be considered a workplace accident?
2: Yes. For this person, it would. But not in the way you're thinking of it.
0: Was this person a media personality?
2: No. President shot in a parade. That's. Oh, dark, bro. But. Damn good yeah. guess.
1: They're very not- good. Bear when you need them.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Was it in a factory, Tom says? No.
2: Okay. It is not something consumed.
0: Um, were vehicles involved? No. Uh, were weapons involved? No weapons.
3: Did anyone die from this before the 1960s?
2: Not at this level,
3: okay. But it has been a cause of death, but just before not before really. and
2: since. But not at this level, okay. Someone shot for treason. No. Trash compactor. I love it. I should really. First I need to go with. back and and start reading some of these. Uh, first lethal injection. I love it. Gosh, that's good. That's a great guess.
3: It It would be considered workplace. So it's probably something related to their career.
2: That's correct. Okay. Ooh. So this has been the closest guess so far. Being hit playing football. Incorrect. Okay. So. Okay.
3: Died in the Tour de France. Tom Simpson.
2: Ooh. That's a great guess. No.
3: Okay.
1: But we're starting to get
2: on the right track.
0: Is it a team sport?
1: It is. Hit by baseball in a Minneapolis uh, game? Nope. But you did get the right
2: city. Oh. Not baseball. Is it football? No. Is it hockey? It is hockey. So and that that's basically it. So
1: Stanley you know, Cup fell on somebody? Killed him? Only hockey, hockey
2: player got killed by a puck? Yeah, in 1968, wow. a Minnesota North Star got sandwiched two clean hits, but this was before helmets and his head hit the ice so hard that he he died as a result. Oh,
0: so it wasn't the puck, it was his head hitting the ice. Yeah.
2: Oh.
1: They had no helmets at one time? Wow. Oh yeah. oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, back in the day, they nobody wore helmets. And
1: then it was,
2: after... That happened after, in the All-Star
1: Game, didn't it? Uh, it? It was
2: 1968. I'm trying to remember who it was. I thought it happened during the All-Star Game. Uh, Bloomington, Minnesota, Bill Masterson of the yeah. North Stars was hit by two members of the Oakland Seals. Both clean checks. His head hit hard on the ice, Ooh. ultimately causing his death. Wow.
0: Man, yeah, that's uh, you got to wear helmets when you're playing
2: hockey. Yeah, and what was crazy is after they instituted the helmet rule, if you were a player before that, you could elect to not wear a helmet. Still,
0: well, it's still that way with the with the face shield with the visor. Yeah, they're, if they're grandfathered in, they don't have to wear the face shield.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Craig McTavish, who went to the Rangers in the '90s, was the last player grandfathered without the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. And that was
2: 94, that was a 94. So uh, like baseball, um, I should say, you know, there's been other uh, high school. Right. You looked it up, um, but most of those are either puck or unfortunately there's been some lacerations as well um, that's happened.
1: So I have a homework assignment for you. Ooh. How many how many children under 18 have died playing hockey by falling through the ice in the state of Minnesota? Oh, probably a large number. That
0: might be that might be a large number. My
1: might,
2: yeah,
0: my yeah, be my um my sister-in-law, my wife's sister uh went through the ice when she was oh gosh, 6, 7 years old and uh they had to, you know, make a human
2: chain from the shore and pull her out of there. Um, and I've done the polar plunge like a dozen times, <clears throat> and it never gets easier. Um, but I can't imagine accidentally falling through because I know the the shock that my body takes when I know I'm going to go into the ice cold water.
0: Well, I so years ago I went ice fishing up on Malax, which if you know Minnesota Lake Malax up in the sort of north-central Minnesota. Massive 144,000-acre lake. I mean, not massive. You can't to see the other shore. The Great Lakes, yeah. but it's it's a big, you know, basin. And we went fishing on St. Patty's Day, ice fishing. And the ice was in terrible, terrible condition. We saw multiple people in four-wheelers go through the ice in their four-wheelers. And at one point, uh, it was so bad that I wore chest waders just in case. And we were fishing in one of the bays, that's super shallow yeah so even even if we would have fallen through we're talking about four feet of water right and at one point as we were walking back in about two and a half feet of water my boot goes straight down through the ice and i'll tell you even though i knew in my head i knew that i'm on on super shallow water just the panic that set in for a split second when my boot went through that ice you know thinking oh i'm gonna this is how it ends but then immediately my foot hits the bottom of the lake because it's only you know two and a half feet of water it was scary though because you you forget for a second that you're in shallow water scary man it is scary don't go ice fishing in minnesota when the ice is in crappy condition just i'll never do that again it's not worth it
2: but january february
0: yeah ice is three three four feet thick in a lot of cases so
2: we'll get you on the ice quentin
0: yes absolutely So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right. So this week we have something a little different. Instead of the lightning rounds, we have something brand new. And this segment is called Plot Trist. And it's brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker. Creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American, J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right, so, plot tryst. The basic premise of this game is I'm going to give you three words, three individual clue words. And based only solely on those three words, you have to guess which movie we're talking about. Okay. So are you guys ready for number one?
3: I'm going to get killed in this, but okay. (laughs) All right. The first
0: one is Andy Hammer. Library, name the movie. Andy. Andy Hammer Library.
1: I'll guess Clue because I have no idea.
0: We have a correct guess in the comments. Yes, we do.
3: I was gonna say, Man on the Moon.
0: It is the Shawshank Redemption.
3: I would not have gotten that one.
0: So Andy Dufresne
3: nice. was
0: uh, the character played by Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. and uh, the hammer—he had that little rock hammer that he that he used to chisel that tunnel. And then uh, what was the last uh, library uh, where he worked? Where he worked uh, alongside Brooks in the uh, in the prison library. All right, right. so for our second one, here are the clue words for movie number two. John Box Sin. Name
1: that movie. I'm missing the zombie apocalypse right about now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I want to say the line so bad. Do we have it
0: we have a correct guess Yes, you guys know it it is the movie seven
2: what's in the box uh, I, would,
0: I would not have gotten that one starring oh. brad pitt and morgan freeman uh so john was uh kevin spacey's character john doe uh and then the famous what's in the box line uh and then the sin is for the seven deadly sins all right, so movie number three, the final movie of the night. Here are your three okay, yeah. words. Clock, dance, brown. Name that movie.
1: Back to the Future?
0: Yes! 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 It is Back to the Future, starring Michael J. Fox. The clock tower that was, that was struck great. by lightning. Nice job! And the uh, enchantment under the sea dance, I think, is what it was. Wow. called. Wow! Yeah, uh, job. and then Doc Brown played by uh, the brilliant Christopher Lloyd. Oh, uh, so. I thought I
1: was thinking James Brown, where he 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 shows in the James Brown moves. But you know. yeah, 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 <laughs> oh, sure. that's right.
0: That was so, good. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the new uh, the new thing on How About That Cigar Live plot Trist. So look for that in future episodes as well. Uh, so now let's jump into Notable Smokables brought to you by Luciano Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So each week we name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that maybe we smoked for the first time in a very long time. Or it could be a cigar that's been on the market only for a short time that we tried for the first time ever. Uh, So, Jay, I'm going to start with you. Uh, What's something you smoked recently that really stood out?
1: Uh, I don't remember the name of the cigar, which is bad because I got him in today. The, the new, uh, my wife is uh, opening more windows here. Uh, the the Casa 1910, the new cigar that's made by Hostess Casada, uh, particularly in the robusto size. Uh, I think that's a fantastic cigar. I like the Toro too. It's it's got a little bit more oomph to it, but the robusto, it, it just hits it in all cylinders for me. It gives it's you the yeah, so there, it, it uh, gives you the sweetness of a, of a Dominican cigar, but it's it's got a nice full-bodied flavor to it. I really uh, have enjoyed that cigar.
3: I, nice. I got to smoke that down in Mexico, and it was really good. That's Hostos' blend, and that was the Connecticut shade one. right? Yeah. Very
0: nice. Uh, Coop, what about you? What was a notable cigar for you this week?
3: Oh, I was telling Garrett I was really yeah. excited because I have a cigar that I smoked down um, when I was in Miami. Uh, ben Lee gave me the Christoph Guardrail in the uh, Robusto. It's kind of that Robusto Ooh, exercise. I had it. Uh, yeah, that's the tobacco that it's got these with the Zimbabwe tobacco in it. Yeah. And really, yeah. I am telling you, Christoph is sitting on a winner with this cigar. Um, I can't wait to review this cigar as well. I could tell you. Um, Christoph's done well on the coupe list. They've had a number two cigar with the Venians. Um, this cigar is fantastic. And you know, the African tobacco, you know, people's on camera when you get some of that sweetness, the sweetness just it's just such a well balanced cigar. It's, it's its such an enjoyable smoking experience. Um, I, I would love to see this cigar start to get a little more buzz. Yeah. Um, but it's a fantastic cigar. A uh, great job by Glenn Case and the team. Yeah, I
0: agree. I smoked one sample of that so far that uh, I got from Jared at the TPE show, and I was yeah. very yeah. impressed so far with that first sample.
3: Yeah, Ben Lee gave me gave it to me, and he's like, smoke it on a clean palate in the morning and tell me what you think of it. So I smoked it Saturday morning before the a great smoke and was blown away how good it was.
1: All, nice. all three cigars are great. And, you know, interesting, uh, Jared shared with me when he got that tobacco, um, they had fits and fits trying to get a blend. So hats off to Christoph. They really worked that tobacco. They did, yeah. Flavors, and, uh, I know eventually they'd like to see uh, that tobacco be a wrapper for them. But when they first got it, they didn't know what they were going to do with it. And they did a br- – that's a great cigar in all three sizes. A good call, Coop.
3: Yeah. And not only that, it has an Araparaca wrapper, and you wouldn't mm. know it. Because it, it balances the, – the rest of these tobaccos just balance it out. Yeah. So it's not – because Araparaca can be a little overwhelming. Right. Not, not the case with this.
0: Nice. Uh, Garrett, what was notable for you this week?
2: So uh, my birthday was last week, and I got stuck in California a couple extra days due to uh, some plane issues, but I was able to have an uh, Amandola Padrino. Oh, I
3: smoked that. Oh, that would have been my other pick, yeah. Mm. I just smoked that Thursday on the show, too.
2: I can't say enough about that cigar. I think it is one of the most... Wonderful cigars to come out in the last uh, year, year plus. Um, just amazing cigar. So yeah. uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, I like that one a lot.
3: I, I, yeah, I smoke, I actually got some of those that smoke in, uh, in anticipation. We had Amandola on the show and I was really impressed with that cigar. Um, that's coming out uh, from Espinosa as well. And um, they're using a broadleaf wrapper. It's actually a Nicaraguan broadleaf, but it's a great expression of Nicaraguan broadleaf.
0: Yeah, it's the 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 sweetness factor on yeah, that cigar, the natural sweetness factor stupid. is really good. And,
3: and, and it's great in the in the torpedo format. Yes. It is, yes. Yeah, you get some of that tapering on it. It's it's really a good cigar.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of torpedo, my notable smokable this week, uh, for the first time I smoked the Island Gym, Connecticut. and i'll be honest i was a little scared i mean i i I enjoyed the original island gym yeah i didn't so much like the second iteration and i'm sorry i don't recall the maduro Is a maduro Maduro. i I didn't love the maduro so i was a little nervous about the connecticut i was very pleasantly surprised with that island gym connecticut it was it was sweet and mild flavorful great retrohale great aroma so I really enjoyed the Island Gym Connecticut. I'm, i look forward to buying more of those.
3: To
2: do that.
0: Yeah, very nice cigar. Got them. Uh, it was in the Smokey and uh Great Smoke pack. Oh yeah, okay.
3: yeah, they they debuted it there. Um yep. Yeah. Uh so
0: that was this week's Notable Smokable brought to us by Luciano Cigars, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit Lucianosigars.com to learn more so we have some coming attractions to tell you about and those are brought to us by our friends at AJ Fernandez who uh, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Estelí, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dios de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. Next week on the show, we're already going to be in April, which is just bonkers. Uh, So next week on the show, you guys are going to get to hear from, and we are so excited to talk to a rising star in the cigar world, Indiana Ortez. Uh, she has really been uh, working hard uh, for the last few years and making a name for herself and has a very exciting new project. So we're uh, we're looking forward to hearing more about that. And then uh, the week after that, on April 10th, we have Skip Martin from Roma Craft Tobacco coming back on yes. How About That Cigar Live. Nice. So uh, gentlemen, if you would please, Jay, let's start with you. Uh, let the Uh, find people who are watching and listening, uh, let them know where they can learn more about Blue Smoke of Dallas and where they can learn more about the Premium Cigar Association.
1: Well, uh, Blue Smoke of Dallas and The Ash are the two stores that I have in the Dallas area. The easiest way to learn about it is just go to uh, my Facebook page, Jr. Davis. You can go to our website, but it hasn't been updated in a decade. Uh, The Premium Cigar Association, you can go to pca.org and gives you all kinds of great details. And also, I would suggest you go to uh, cigaraction.org that lists all the different things going on across the country in states and municipalities that are trying to restrict or expand smoking rights.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Well, we appreciate that info. Um, And Coop, if you would please, let the viewers and listeners know where they can find you and what you have uh, coming up soon.
3: Yep. So um, you can find... The easiest place to go is cigar coopcom We got our reviews, our news, the podcasts are on there. You can find us on the podcast catchers, YouTube, Rumble, all, all those fun things for the, for the podcast. Um we're finally getting into a review cycle back on Coop with all the events. These events take away from reviews, by the way. That's another thing. So there's some there you're gonna see uh some reviews coming this week. Um, as far as shows tomorrow night, uh, we have the whole coalition team coming on uh, with Alex Tavella, the goat. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna do um, a little TGS post game. And uh, funny thing is, they didn't see us at the Great Smoke. <laughs> it was kind of funny, right? Because it was it was a lot of people there yeah so um so they Alex didn't get to meet the team it was kind of weird but we're gonna have Alex on and then Thursday we're scheduled to have James Brown on for Oveja Negra Brands uh on primetime 261 so uh you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that as well uh, so special editions where we're gonna have the the great smoke recap with Alex and then on primetime we're gonna have um the um James Brown, and then I'll just mention um, it's our annual Battle of the Bands. Uh, this year we're doing '80s Madness, so we're doing '80s albums in tournament style. That kicks off tomorrow, um, and uh, you can vote. and If you retweet your vote, we capture it for a prize, and this prizes will be given out. Um, I think this tournament's getting the most buzz of any of them. The '80s just seem to be a lot of people are into it, so um, we will see what happens. Uh, and uh, Hector and John are, are back since they were in the final last year, uh, we brought them back. So they're going to be Dave and I, and we'll be going through that over throughout the month of April.
0: Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, we cannot thank you enough for being on the show. We, we love learning from you. We love talking to you Mm -hmm. and we cannot wait to see you again uh, in person one of these days soon. So thanks so much for being back on our show. Thank you. Thank all you. right, viewers and listeners, guys. Thank you so much for watching live on Facebook and live on YouTube this evening. And for those of you listening on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening to How about That Cigar Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all the channels. Uh, if you guys have any questions, you can email us on the website, how about that and do the the like and there there it is, right that thing right there the ding, the bell, and the subscribe, do all that stuff. Uh, if you have questions for us, email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars. Not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of cigar. premium cigars